Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 78. Have you ever said something you wish you could retract? Yeah. Have you ever have you ever overdone something like overeating or overdrinking or overexercising or working or even obsessively thinking about something or someone? Well, chances are Chances are you've said yes to one or two or three of these, right? You ever done any binge watching on Netflix? Yeah. Well, what's missing is temperance. Not a word that you will hear in our culture. Not a word that you will hear often in our culture. It's an old word. It's fallen out of use uh, in, in this day of fifty Costco hot dogs and 20 ounces of coke, dollar and a half, 960 calories, right? Temperance is not valued. Temperance is actually all about self-control. It's all about self-control. And Jesus has a lot to say on the wisdom of self-control. We can cause ourselves so much suffering because of a lack of self-control. And not only do we suffer ourselves, but... Those around us also suffer, where there's no self-control, where there's no checks, where we, when we just say what we want, when we want, or we do whatever we want, whenever we want. That kind of unawareness, spiritual unawareness, basically, it just puts us to sleep. We're just numb to what is truly important. And Jesus speaks about self-control in his most famous sermon ever, ever. We're going to be looking at that today. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the Sermon on the Mount is, like I said, one of his most famous sermons. It's the first teaching as he begins his ministry. And it's the type of teaching, if you read this in Matthew 5, it's the type of teaching that he continues to teach his students over and over and over again. This isn't the kind of sermon that you can listen to once and then it's like, okay, got that. None of Jesus' teachings are like that. They're like koans. They don't work that way. But for his sermons, for his teaching, for his wisdom, he speaks these truths over and over and over again. For example, if you look at Matthew 5, you look at verse 2, the line is, he began to speak to them and taught them. And that word taught is in the imperfect tense in the original New Testament Greek. That means over and over and over. He spoke these truths to them. Over and over, he would teach this because most people need a long, long time before Jesus' wisdom starts to make sense. People are often bewildered and confused when they first hear Jesus' teaching, right? So he'll say things like, you know, blessed, blessed are the poor, or blessed are those who mourn, or blessed are those who are persecuted. And it's like if you stop and you question that, it's like, how can that be good? How can I be blessed if I'm hungry? Blessed are the meek. It's like, how can I be blessed if I'm meek? 
These are the Beatitudes, we call them, the Sermon on the Mount. The first time you hear these teachings, and the second time, and fourth, and tenth, and twentieth, doesn't necessarily exactly fall into place. And this is the way it is with Jesus' teaching. It takes a long lifetime to piece together. So I'm going to just look at one of these Beatitudes, Blessed are the Meek, and what I want you to notice is about the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus isn't telling us to do anything. So he's not teaching his students, he's not teaching his disciples, he's not teaching us, blessed are the meek, so go be meek. That's not how the thing works. But what Jesus does here in, in this sermon, in this teaching is, is that he starts to describe what I'll call states of being. And hopefully that will make sense later. In other words, this is a descriptive passage. Jesus isn't telling you to do anything. All he's doing is he's saying that when you live in this space, or when you are in this state, or when you find yourself in this place, you're blessed. You're living the way you were designed to live. When you're meek, you're blessed. When you're poor in spirit, when you mourn, and then you can work your way through all nine of these Beatitudes. But like I said, we only have time for one. Now, the difficulty with this Beatitude, this blessing, blessed are the meek. It's not really clear what he means, right? I mean, what does he mean by meek? And in this case, it's really helpful to go back to the original language that it was the scripture was written in because so much can be lost in translation. Now, if we were to say, blessed are the meek, which we wouldn't because we don't use the word anyway, I mean, how does that sound to you? Meek. How does that sound, right? Often when we think of meek, we might think of someone weak, perhaps, or at least someone quiet and non-intrusive, a meek person. We might imagine that it isn't something the majority of men in our culture would aspire to, because it has a delicate quality about it. A meek person, almost feeble, possibly hesitant, possibly there's a powerlessness about the word, right? However, if you've followed any of Jesus' teaching at all, it will not surprise you to know that that is not what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the meek. The word that he used, the word translated is praus, P-R-A-U-S. It's an important word. It means and this was the word prouse that was translated as meek, it means, in its original context, explosive power that's under skilled control. Right? It's about directed power. It's about directed energy. Right, let me give you a little bit of history of the word here to help us get into what Jesus is teaching. The Greek army 
would find the wildest horses in the mountains, capture them, the ancient Greeks, and after months and months of training, they would sort these animals out, these horses out, into different categories. And some were disregarded because they just weren't going to work out to be good horses. And some were used for carrying, uh, they were bearing burdens, they would carry things, transport horses. And some were used for ordinary duty. But the very best were used as war horses. And the war horses had a particular type of temperament. They were determined, they were strong, they were passionate. However, with training and with discipline, these horses were no longer wild and unruly and out of control and rebellious. They were meek. They became meek. Um, equestrian riding today calls for the same kind of meekness on part of the horse and the rider, if you know anything about equestrian riding. You've got great strength, you need great skill, but it has to be, it's very, it's, it's a very uh, disciplined sport for both the rider and the horse. So if you're, if you're determined and you're strong and you're passionate, that's a good thing, right? And, and you'd never want to try and change that about yourself. However, however, other side of the coin, right? However, if you are in, in, intensely passionate about anything, chances are you've overstepped your bounds at some point or another, right? Chances are, because that's the way it is, right? If we're very passionate, if we're very strong, chances are sometimes we can be like a bull in a china shop. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, Jesus is saying. How fortunate... For you, if you've learned how to use your strength, how to use the strength of your will and your determination and your direction in such a way that you can be led by God. How fortunate that you don't just rush on ahead where angels fear to tread. That's meekness. You stop, you wait, you think, before you say it, before you move ahead, before you do anything. Yeah. You know, um, you can see this even in little children, can't you? If you watch children, or if you have children, or if you work with children, you can see early on the ones who are not born meek, right? There's no strength, there's no restrained strength, right? For certain kids, there's no consideration of others. The goal is to make their needs and desires known. They have no trouble making their wishes known and they take on authority. They have no trouble taking on authority and saying no. Now, that's one thing to be eight years old and have that kind of strategy to get what you want. It's quite another if you're still using the same strategy by the time you're 30 years old. A big part of spiritual life is following Christ's way, learning Christ's way, rather than the way we've sort of tried to figure out how to get what we want in this world. Because oftentimes the way that we figure out how to get what we want in this world isn't helpful to us. And again, 
it, it, it's not helpful to those around us. It's, that's what breaks relationships, ultimately. That's what breaks relationships. Jesus said, I am meek and gentle in spirit. Jesus said, learn from me. Now again, meekness. Meekness is not a strong person trying to act weak. That's not meekness. That's pretending to be something you're not. So following Jesus' way is being willing to allow God to influence you. Reign in you, so to speak. Guide you. Before you speak, you stop. Before you insist. Before you dominate. Before you give unwanted opinions. Before you refuse to back down. Before you insist on your own way and having to be right. You stop. Yeah, it takes, it's, it's not easy. It takes self-control, doesn't it? Um... But that's the way, you know, that's the way it is to, to follow. Uh, St. Paul used the phrase, it's to die to the old self and to rise again. That's the way that the scripture would talk about that. Now, there's a whole other group of people that you're thinking, you know, I'm really not that way at all. I'm, I'm actually not a domineering type of person at all. Some of us might might stop and wait and think so much that we, we can't really get anything accomplished. You know, we're so hesitant. Maybe we'll get it wrong. Or maybe we'll do it in the wrong order. Now, that's not meekness. That's not meekness. Being quiet and unoffensive isn't necessarily being meek. It just means that you're quiet and you don't want to get into any trouble. And not moving into action because you're still thinking about it and because you're still analyzing it isn't meekness, right? That's just non-action, right? So there's a difference. Now, to be quiet and unoffensive, that's not the meekness that Jesus is referring to when he talks about being blessed it just means that you're quiet you know, don't want any trouble maybe you figured out long ago it's easier to be nicer it works out better in the long run and uh, you know if you play it right you can still get what you want in a nice way well there's nothing wrong about there's nothing bad about being nice right that that's not what Jesus is talking about but to be meek in the sense you first have to own and claim your own power it's not a passive state to be meek in the biblical sense this in the wisdom that Jesus is speaking about to be meek you first have to own or claim or step into your God-given authority and power that every single person has. So for quiet people, for gentle people, sometimes for the gentle people and the quiet people, then in order to follow, they need to learn how to speak out what is true and voice their concerns and voice their opinions and voice their desires and step in and get involved rather than 
stay in the background and ignore things. That's not meekness. That's just avoidance. Causes a lot of suffering to yourself, your family, and those around you. Um, it's never good to go with the flow, you know, when you don't agree. It's never good in the long run. You know, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. There's a huge difference. It's not the best to ignore your own needs and desires and thoughts and opinions for the sake of that other person who always seems to have no trouble at all expressing their opinions, you see? Yeah. Yeah, you can see how that would work in a relationship. Not so well in the long run, right? So we see how different types of people have different kinds of weaknesses. Some of us need to step into what life requires and some of us need to step back a bit and rein in that energy. Either way, it's not easy. Either way, it's not easy because we're not doing what comes naturally to us. But Jesus says, when you're in this place, what we call being led by the spirit as, a, as opposed to being led by the ego, the flesh, when we're in temple with God, when we're in that sweet space, we're blessed. This was why you were made. This is the place you want to try and live. The meek inherit the earth. They get to live in it as God intended. They're full selves. They get to enjoy it and flourish on the earth as God intended. This is the blessing. They are the ones that have allowed the Spirit of God to guide them and temper them and help them to change course when they get off track and help them to start over again when they've stepped over the line. It's the meek ones that have the courage to step into their God-given authority, right? So if you're a parent of young children, it's the meek parent that can say, no, no, let me help you. <laughs> This isn't, no, that's not good. You can't do that, right? Um, they're the ones in the family who can point to the elephant in the room and say, there's an elephant in here and we need to talk about it if we're ever going to be a happy family. If we're ever going to be a healthy family, we need to talk about this. It's the meek who speak to truth. And it's the same in the workplace. When they see something is unjust, when they see something that isn't fair, when they see someone is being taken advantage of, blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Not the bullies, not the bullies, not the cowardly, not the passive. It's the meek who are learning how to use strength restrained and part that's truly living, Jesus is saying. By the way, Jesus had no problem saying no. Remember, he's an example of meekness. He had no problem saying no. He had no problem saying that's wrong and you're wrong. He had no problem forgiving regardless of, you know, what the priests of the day said. He would say to people, you're acceptable in God's sight. I don't care what your priests say. I don't care what your culture says. Jesus is the finest example 
of great strength and passion guided by his heavenly father. Yeah, meekness has a gentle quality about it. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it is possible to power through life and gain influence and wealth without being meek. Obviously, right? Um, of course, it's possible. Um, yeah, we see this on the news on a daily basis. Men and women who have no restraint, no meekness, they rise to great power in all the countries around the world. And even a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, actually, the psalmist complained to God, well, how come the wicked always flourish? That's not fair. How come the bullies flourish? And remember, in Jesus' day, Herod was the living example of a bully, you know, great wealth, great power, great influence. Everyone's scared of him. He has everything he could ever want. Jesus would say, yeah, well, you can gain the world and lose your soul. Yep, you can live that way. You can gain power and wealth and influence and notoriety and fame and fortune in God's eyes. In God's eyes, you need to know it's a squandered life, an absolute wasted life. No, Jesus said that the most unlikely ones are the blessed ones, those living in temple with God's ways. Yeah, self-control, which is really, I think, I think self-control is probably just God influence rather than ego influence, don't you think? Self-control. Rather than have our anger lead us or our hurt or our frustration or our desire for more or our fear guide us. It's like Jesus is saying, no, that, that's not going to help you find what you're looking for. It's not going to, it won't work. You're blessed when you're meek, when you're in that state. That's the place where things fall into place. I'm sensitive to the leading of another voice. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. Help me not to rush on ahead without you. Help me to stop and wait and listen and take my time. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.